Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. It's Monday, August 10th. And I'm uh, happy you could be joining us, whether joining us live uh, at this 10 o'clock hour here on Blog Talk Radio or on demand, whether it be on Blog Talk Radio or on iTunes. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Aniano, and joining me for the second week in a row, third time here over the course of the summer as we prepare for fantasy football season, uh, my partner and uh, good friend, Mr. Doug the Dallas. Doug, uh, football season's upon us, my friend, opening night last night in a snooze fest of the Hall of Fame game. Uh, but hey, it's preseason football. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. I'm very excited. Uh, snooze fest sounds about right, but you know what? Football is football. Football is football, and we're going to talk about all of that and a whole lot more. Want to thank again everybody for listening. Remind everybody the phone lines are open. Feel free to give us a call three four seven eight three eight eight zero eight eight. We'll answer all your calls live right here on the air. Chat room is open as well. Uh, we'll answer any and all fantasy questions. Uh, I know the theme of the show tonight is fantasy football wide receiver talk, but uh, if you have a question about anything else in fantasy football, if you even want to drop me maybe a, a late-season fantasy baseball question, feel free. I can uh, easily answer that as well so we could have some fun with that. I want to remind everybody, you can follow the show on Twitter at Fantasy. That's A-A-N-I-A-N-O. Fantasy. Follow us on Facebook at our show page, the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show, and check out everything we got going on uh, at rotoballer.com. You know that show I'm on, the Rotoballer Fantasy Sports Show, um, on Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Tomorrow night we'll talk football, Wednesday we talk baseball. And don't forget to go to draftvalet.com. Excited to be a part of that experience. So go to draftvalet.com, sign up, put your rosters in, ask your questions. Great stuff going on on draftvalet.com and and you know it's exciting as well this time next week uh and i'll be tweeting this out and facebooking this out and doug will be uh facebooking this out off of his page as well uh we're we're looking for 12 doug and i are two so we need 10 more we're going to use fantasyfootballcalculator.com we want to set up a 12 team ppr mock draft that we want to do online starting at around 10 o'clock depending on when a draft room opens there and uh, so uh, if you're interested, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. I'll be posting that information a week from today, next Monday, as the room opens. Uh, I'll, I'll link out that, and uh, hopefully you can join us and uh, get in the chat room and explain your picks and all of that fun stuff. So, Doug, uh, last night, Steelers-Vikings Hall of Fame game, uh, opening night. I'll be honest with you, I didn't watch a single play. You know, Roethlisberger didn't play, Le'Veon Bell didn't play, Antonio Brown didn't play, Adrian Peterson didn't play, Teddy Bridgewater played one series, he looked okay by all the reports. Um, Let me ask you this question before we start talking wide receivers. How much do you take out of preseason football? Is it a non-factor for you other than injuries? Or do you think fantasy-wise there is some value there? You know what? There's definitely some value. Um, I don't want to brag, but what I try to do is watch guys who are coming into a, a team with a good situation. A few years back, I nailed Alfred Morris in every draft, 
because I loved how he looked in preseason. Um, I think Halu was ahead of him. Roy Halu, yeah. Um, I didn't like Halu as a starter. Morris, and the first few games don't mean anything. It's like, you know. They play one series, two series. It's like 150 guys on the roster at that point. It's that third game where they play a first half with three quarters of the starters. Yeah, and I loved how Alfred Morris looked, and I got him in every league that I played. Of course, I didn't win any of those leagues. But uh, the (laughs) point is, look for those little hidden gems Mm -hmm. where, you know, the wide receiver or the running back position is not that solid. Guys are kind of shaky. Uh, and see who's the backup. And in the deeper leagues, in 12, 14 league, uh, team leagues, you know, try to pick those guys up and see how they, see they come to uh, fruition later on in the season. It's a valid point. But I'm also, I also hedge my bets a little bit because I remember, I think it was two years ago, um, there were two players in New England who were preseason superstars mm-hmm. and people tripped all over themselves to draft. And my question to you is, where are they now? And those players are wide receivers, Kembrell Tompkins, and tight end Zach Sudfeld. I mean, if you remember, Gronkowski was coming back from injury. Right. Patriots wide receiver situation was thought of as a mess. And, I, I mean, Kembrell Tompkins was going as late, as early as the eighth or ninth round in drafts based on a preseason performance. Opening day started, and he was cut by mostly, in most leagues by week two or three. Sudfeld, everybody said, oh, Gronkowski's hurt. I'm going to handcuff with Sudfeld. So he was inactive the first three games. So, so you know, you've got to be careful with it. I look for health. Um, I watch it for maybe a player returning from injury. Case in point, I'm a little disappointed. The Giants are saying Victor Cruz really won't see the field in the preseason. I wanted to see his speed, his ability to cut, his ability to come back. Now what are you going with? You're going with practice highlights and news reports on Victor Cruz. That's the type of guy I wanted to see and, and hope – to see a glimpse. I know he's not going to play long, but give me give me one half. Show me two catches for 45 yards and, and the ability to make a sharp cut. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, like like you said, they show you uh, highlights of him making two cuts in preseason, in, not even in pads. Right, know? right. In Let me see helmet. him take a hit to the leg. Yeah. You know, something. Yeah. But, um, but, but that's not happening. Doug, another big news... And I know this has happened pretty much right after our show last week. But I have to ask you, because last week we did speak of running backs, right? Arian Foster now is out. Groin surgery. Mm -hmm. Minimum, I shouldn't say minimum, they're hoping he's back for week 10. Right. Alfred Blue, presumed starter. Jonathan Grimes is there. They signed Pierre Thomas. Doesn't excite me, the Pierre Thomas signing. He was a PPR threat three years ago for the Saints. Since then, I don't have much faith in the guy. Two-part question. All right. Arian Foster still draftable? If so, when? Alfred Blue, do you view him as an RB2, RB3? Come draft day, how high are you willing to go for Alfred Blue now, uh, You know, knowing that more than likely he's starting running back of the Houston Texans uh, for at least the first eight or nine weeks. Okay, well, he's averaging eighth round, ninth pick in the eighth round in 12-team leagues. Uh, so eighth round, that's about right, I think. I mean, do I want him on my, my roster? Now, just for the record, okay. that where we're getting our ADP, and I want people to know this, this is based, all the data when we talk about ADPs, is based on the last 1,893 mock drafts that have taken place in the last 
four or five days, from August 7th to August 10th. So this is up to date. The news on Arian Forster has broken, and Alfred uh, uh, um, Blue's draft status, his ADP, like you said, Doug, is still in the eighth round, 39th running back all overall. Does that surprise you? No, it doesn't. You know why? Because, uh, I mean, it, you know what? Bottom line, it's a starting running back. It's a starting running back. You know, and I mean, eighth round. I'm shocked he's not going earlier. Because of what you just said. Yeah. Well, you know what? If, if he's there in the eighth round, he'll, he might be, what, your fourth running back at that point? Third, fourth? If I'm drafting two, three, a tight end is six, maybe a quarterback is seven, he's probably my third or fourth third running or fourth back. Third or fourth running back, yeah. I'm more than comfortable taking him as my third or fourth running back because, you know, you may not start him, but you have a starter. And, you know, injuries happen, whatnot. You have him for at least two months of the season. Um, I'm more than comfortable taking him in in the eighth round. Okay. Now, what about Arian Foster? Where do you take him? Where do you take him? Where is he? Um, He's not even on there, is he? Arian Foster... As we as we look through the list, now this is interesting. He has dropped to the 30th overall running back, and as the seventh pick in the sixth round. Okay. Now, now before this injury, he was a borderline first, a definite second round pick in a 12-team PPR league. Mm-hmm. Borderline first, depending on how many wide receivers went, a lockdown second round pick, comfortable as an RB one. Uh, knowing he was going to probably miss two or three games because he always does. But you were going to get 13 good games out of Arian Forster. Mm-hmm. Now he's missing the first 10, 9 or 10. You're hoping for five or six games out of him when he comes back. My concern with Arian Forster, though, when he comes back is how effective will he be? Number two, what if Alfred Blue is playing well and Arian Forster returns to a timeshare situation? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of unknowns there. I don't feel comfortable taking Arian Forster as a 30th running back, 6.07, in a PPR league. That's talking about going before Shane Vereen, Joyke Bell, who I know is coming off of injuries, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Chris Ivory, who's the starter for the Jets, more than likely, Danny Woodhead, who should be a PPR machine. Those are just a couple of running backs Going after, going after Alfred Blue. Now, logic says Alfred Blue is going to start nine or ten games. Arian Forster, at best, is going to start six. Right. You know, for Arian Forster, to me, and then I'll, I'll, I'll get your thoughts on it, if I have an IR spot in my league, uh-huh. I'm, I'm a little more willing to take Arian Forster. Sure. Because he's not. But if I don't have an IR spot, and I have to lose a bench spot for him for the first ten weeks... But but by the time he's healthy, my season could be over. Right. I'm not willing to lose a, a, a roster spot when I could maybe have du- a rookie like Duke Johnson or or David Johnson of Arizona or or Bishop Sankey, who okay yeah Arian Force is a better player, but at least Bishop Sankey's out on the field, mm-hmm. and I lose out. I can't roster one of them because I've got Arian Force to take in a spot. I, I, it doesn't make sense to me. There's a lot of what ifs here. What if? Blue is doing well, and Houston's doing well. You know, what if he's doing well, the team's not doing well? Let's say the team's doing well. Reverse that. Let's say the team's not doing well. Which I don't think they will on offense. Let's say say he comes back week 10. Okay? 
and they're four and six. Are they going to play him? Are they going to rest him? Are I they, think they'll play him. I mean, do they want to save him for next year? You know what I mean? You don't even, it's not even a guarantee. They're not saying he will be back week mm-hmm. 10. They're saying we hope. Right. <laughs> you know, right. we've all had hope in our lives, and here's where we are now. You know, um, to me, it's risky. IR spot, I'm willing to take Foster. Here's the thing, though. I don't love Alpha Blue either. Right. You know, tell me now without Arian Foster who you want on that Houston offense, right? Brian Hoyer is slated to be the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Alfred Blue is now your number one running back. Uh, uh, Hopkins, the wide receiver, okay, talented guy. Mm-hmm. But you tell me, even with him, and this will probably segue into our wide receiver talk, why would any team give him any opportunity to catch a ball? There's no threat, as of today, there's no threat in the backfield whatsoever. No, the other not. wide receiver spot is up for grabs with Andre Johnson gone. Mm-hmm. Brian Hoyer is slated to be your starting quarterback. And if it's not him, it's going to be Ryan Mallett. Either way, nobody's afraid. Right, right. So, well, so I, I, it, to DeAndre Hopkins, because of the Aaron Foster injury, I don't want to say he's off my draft board, but it's sliding down. Uh, whereas maybe I had him as a tier three wide receiver, I, I can't keep him there anymore. I agree. I agree. Well, you know what? He's as of right now, uh, Hopkins is averaging the second pick of the fourth round. No way! No way! And I, I don't twelve team PPR. He's the second pick in the fourth round. I've said this a lot on the show. He's one of those guys. I'll let somebody else take. I mean, look at who he's look at he's ahead of. Jordan Matthews, Andre Johnson, Amari Cooper, Martavis Bryant. No way am I taking him over those guys. No way. Yeah, no, I got to agree with you on that. Um, you know, with Foster, with a better quarterback play, I'm not denying DeAndre Hopkins' ability. Mm-hmm. But put DeAndre Hopkins on the Bengals or uh, even the Jaguars. If he's on the Jaguars, I will take him about where he's ranked. Currently, 12-team people, Matthews, Kelvin Benjamin, Andre Johnson, Julian Edelman, Keenan Allen, Golden Tate, Golden Tate had 1,300 yards last year. Jarvis Landry, what did he end up with, about 80 catches last season? Yeah. And, oh. and, and, the, guy, and the big uh, enigma this year, Cruz. Would you pick him ahead of Cruz? I think, I think Victor Cruz is going to be okay this year. Victor Cruz, and I've said this to anybody who's listened, Victor Cruz was best years in the NFL. <clears throat> were when Hakeem Nix was alongside him as the number one wide receiver and Cruz was able to play the slot. Right. When Cruz became the number one guy, his numbers took a dip. Not a big dip, but they took a dip. Mm-hmm. He was still definitely relevant in fantasy. Yeah. So now you got Odell Beckham, clearly the number one dog there now. Ruben Randall on the outside, Victor Cruz playing the slot. I don't mind Victor Cruz, especially in a PPR league. Doug, let's take a look, though. Let's talk some tiers because the theme of this show has always been uh, when we did the quarterbacks and the running backs, we, we like to talk tiers. And the tier one guys, to me, are pretty clear cut, right? You got Dez, you got Antonio Brown, you have Demarius, Julio Jones, and Odell Beckham. And some people will argue, well, I haven't seen enough of Odell Beckham. Sure. Folks, you saw a lot in 12 games last year. Odell Beckham is a top-tier <laughs> wide receiver. 
And, okay, you're worried about the hamstrings. You know what? To me, injury concern is a cop-out for a guy you just don't want to draft, but you don't have a better reason. This is the NFL. Everybody gets hurt. Sure. So, you know, every week is an injury concern for every one of these guys. Now, there's no denying, in my view, and I think you agree, those five players being a Tier 1 type of wide receiver. But my question to you is this now. Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson was the consensus first wide receiver off the board just a year ago. Yep. I, I know in the one league we're in together, I think I got him in the fifth or sixth pick. Mm-hmm. Some people are debating he's not a tier one anymore. He was too nicked up last year. He's a team two, Golden Tate, taking coaches, Matthew Stafford inconsistent. I could list the reasons. To me, Calvin Johnson's still Calvin Johnson. He's currently going as the sixth wide receiver off the board. Uh, first pick in the second round in a 12-team PPR league. Is that too late for Calvin Johnson? Is he still first-round talent? Uh, would you put him over any of those other Tier 1 wide receivers we listed? I'll say this. In uh, one league that you and I are together, I'm the 10th pick in a 10-team league. So I get pick 10 and 11. I'm more than happy to double up with him and let's say, I don't know, Let's say Beckham falls to me, or Jordy, or Julio, or even Demarius. If I can get Calvin Johnson and some other wide receiver like that, I'm grabbing him in a second. But put it this way. If he falls to the second round, it says here he's averaging fourth round in the second, sorry, fourth pick in the second round. I'm killing myself. There's some guy four, five, six picks after me in the, the wraparound grabs him. That's a great value. Yeah. Now, you know, people are concerned. The number of games played has gone down three years in a row. 2012, he played 16 games, 13. He had only 14 games last year. He was 13. And one of those 13s, he was so banged up, he only played for about the first five minutes of the game. Right. So it's really 12 full games. His receptions have gone down three years in a row, lowing out, out dropping off at, to 71 last year. Mm-hmm. Targets, yardage, 100-yard games, every signi- yards per game – Everything is bottomed out. He's still only 29 years old. Yep. Are you concerned? Or is it just injury and if you stay healthy, you're looking at 100 catches and 1,300 yards again? Um, You know, it's like you said, it's the NFL. You get dinged, you get get injured. Um, Golden Tate, I think he's stepped up a lot. I think you can't – I mean, I think Golden – I don't want to say he can beat you, Golden Tate, like beat, uh, beat your team, but um, you have to respect Golden Tate now, you know? I mean, they're they're a pretty well-balanced uh, offense. I, I'm more than happy taking Calvin Johnson in the end of the first round. It's 12-team league. 12-team PPR. Yeah, I'm definitely grabbing him. At okay. The end, at the end. Is he going before Des Bryant? Rapid fire. Des Bryant, Calvin Johnson. Des. Des Antonio Brown. Des uh, Antonio. Antonio. I mean, Calvin or Antonio. A- Antonio, I agree. Antonio is probably, in my view, in a PPR, Antonio is the first pick in the draft. Demarius Thomas, Calvin Johnson. Uh, you know, just for the health reasons and just for the fact that he has paid Manning to Marius. See, it's interesting. I am a, just a tad, just a tad 
concerned about Demarius Thomas this year? Because of the quarterback? Because of a whole slew of things. You got new coaching staff. Mm-hmm. You have a dwindling receiving core in Denver. True. He's lost in the last two years. Uh, he's lost Eric Decker, Wes Welker, Julius Thomas. Well, he lost, didn't, didn't lose Welker, Decker two years ago? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Over the course of the last two years, right. he's lost Decker, Welker, Julius Thomas. Him and Emmanuel Sanders, last man standing. Mm-hmm. Denver, Peyton Manning had the leg injury. I'm not that concerned about Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, at 50 years old, will still throw for 30 touchdowns and 4,000 yards. I'm not that's, that concerned about Peyton Manning. That's true, yeah. But suddenly, the Broncos have depth at running back. Mm-hmm. You've got C.J. Anderson. You've got Monty Ball. You've got Ronnie Hillman. They have, Ronnie Hillman played well last year until he got hurt, and then C.J. Anderson took it. Mm-hmm. There's depth there. I, I, there's a certain theory going around that maybe the Broncos preserve Peyton Manning by leading on, leaning on the running game a little bit. There's less weapons. As great as Demarius is, people are a little, you know, I'm a little bit concerned. This is a guy who had 111 receptions for over 1,600 yards and 1,100-yard games, 11 total touchdowns. I'm not saying he's not going to be a beast. I am saying, though, there are a few small flags there. I'm still, that being said, I'd probably still go Demarius over Calvin. What about Demarius and Julio Jones? I mean, not Demarius, I'm sorry, Calvin, Julio Jones. That's tough. I mean, for me, that's a coin flip. I mean, I, I still have health concerns about Julio. Right. That's, that foot. I said last year, I think, uh, during, I, I was in your, uh, I guess in your show last year, I said, I'm afraid Julio will be around for about two or three more years, and then he's going to fade away because that, that foot of his. So I, I, it's not going to happen this year. Demarius or Julio? Not Demarius, Calvin or Julio. I'm sorry, Calvin or Julio. That's a tough call. To me, at the end of the first round, if you're drafting at the end of the first round, you have on that wrap an opportunity to walk away with both. Mm -hmm. I really do think that. Odell Beckham, Calvin Johnson, what about there? Did you see in 12 games enough of, of Odell Beckham to say, yeah, he's my guy? In the first round. Because he's not going to be there in the second. No, he won't. You know, I, I've i seen plenty of Beckham. He's not the issue. The issue is that for G. Lee line, the Giants have. That makes me nervous. Um, but as far as... And, and the, I even, even if Eli's running for his life, there'll be ten balls thrown Odell Beckham's way. And he'll catch seven of them. And they're going to double up on him... Yes. No, nah, nah, I'm not even worried about that. Because they were doubling him, like, they were tripling him by the end of the season last yeah, year. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not. If I can get Beckham and Calvin in the wraparound, I'll take them both. If I have to choose one, I don't, you know what, at this point of preseason, I don't know. I would rather wait. I am very happy drafting at the end of a, dra- a draft, end of the first round. Yes. Let the draft fall to me. Mm-hmm. Let me take one of those six wide receivers that are left, mm-hmm. and if both, if more than one are left, be very excited that there's a chance I'm getting them both. Mm-hmm. Somebody asked me recently, if you had the opportunity to draft early or slide back into the draft, what would you do? And 110% of me, I would 
at last, I would easily slide back to the end of the first round, give me the 8, 9, nine through 12 pick, and let me walk away with Odell Beckham and potentially, as ADPs are going, Calvin Johnson, It's maybe in a second, depending on the, on the needs of other teams and the wide receivers. Would you go double wide receiver round ones and two? In a 12-team? I would. I would. Um, because and you and I discussed last year, uh, last year, last week, seems like a year ago, um, there's, there's a lot of running backs I like in PPR. And I'm more than comfortable in a 12-team league take it going wide receiver, wide receiver. I have no problem with that. No problem with that. Now, if, if like you said, let the draft fall to you. If somebody falls to me late that shouldn't, like, uh, I don't know, Marshawn Lynch, you know, which is possible. You never know. Uh, or maybe a Forte. If Forte drops me at the end, it's, it's a tough call. Yeah. I mean, I look at the first round. I mean, to me, the first round is is really filled with can't misses. As long as you, you know, make your top 12 list however you see fit. And, and really, you're going to walk away depending on how that drafts, with a top-tier running back or wide receiver. You really are. You know, Forte, Lynch. I, I did a mock on Sirius XM Radio the other day with all those guys, and uh, Adam Ronis of Roto Experts walked away with Eddie Lacy as the 12th pick in the first round. That's insane. Because wide receivers were in the mo- People were in the mood to take a wide receiver. And you know what? I've seen people in drafts take Eddie Lacy number one. Right. You know, you've seen him go one. You know, look at this. I mean, current ADP, current, has in the first 12 picks, two, three, four, five, seven running backs and five wide receivers. That's giving C.J. Anderson and Matt Forte first-round pick. Calvin Johnson going at number 13, the first pick in the second round. Mm -hmm. So now you've got to ask, let's say you pull that 11 spot. Are you taking C.J. Anderson or Matt Forte over Calvin Johnson? PPR we're talking? PPR. Tough. I'm staying away from Forte. I'm staying away from Forte. New offense. I expect his receptions to be down. A lot of touches. He's turning 29, 30 years old. I stay away from Forte. To me, that leaves C.J. Anderson, Calvin Johnson. Is C.J. Anderson's eight games last year enough? to make me take him over the overall career and play of Calvin Johnson, I say no. Calvin Johnson, pick number 11. I push him into the first round. C.J. Anderson, Matt Forte, one of them in my world, slides into the beginning of the second. Man, Forte's one of those guys where you don't want to take him, and whoever gets him does well. And like you say, he's he's about what, what, he's turning thirty. Yeah, is this year? I I don't think he's gonna, you know, get you know, he, he's not gonna go with that thirty year old bug that people are worried about. However, I'm gonna take Calvin over Forte. I think. Yeah. And and but you know what you said his receptions are gonna drop. What do you have like a hundred last year? Mm-hmm. Drop to what? Are you talking 75? Are you talking 90? Because 85 receptions for a running back is still elite. Is pretty damn good. No, yeah, I agree with that. But, you know, the, 
know, when you look at Forte, he's 29 years old. He's had over about 250 or more carries now, three years in a row. His receptions. So, I mean, last year he had 468, uh, 368 touches. That's an astronomical amount of touches right. for a 29-year-old running back. Uh, uh, Alshon Jeffrey, they got the kid white over there. Bennett, I, I just I could see him going back to his 50 to 70 receptions, which isn't terrible. You know, he only ran for 1,038 yards last year in 16 games. His rushing production was not outrageous. He only rushed for 100 ta- yards three times. Mm-hmm. He only a- he averaged 65 yards rushing per game, 10 total touchdowns. If it wasn't for the 130 targets and 102 receptions and 808 receiving yards, it would have actually been a disappointing season for Matt Forte because the rushing numbers were not outstanding. But 10 touchdowns is a nice amount of touchdowns. Combined, Mm -hmm. new offense, the concern I have is the amount of receptions he's going to have. Push him in the second round. I've had some ongoing conversation going on in the chat room here with Evolution Theory is is the screen name. Uh, comments I've seen in mock drafts on Yahoo Fantasy, C.J. Anderson not being drafted until the top of the third round because of the glut of top receivers in the second. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what's interesting is I could see that happening because if that wide receiver run occurs uh, uh, in that, you know, you've got those five, that top tier of five or six, and guys now start to panic. Right you're going to see that second-tier group of wide receivers go in the second round. You know, A.J. Green, Jordy Nelson, Mike Evans, T.Y. Hilton, Randall Cobb, Alshon Jeffrey, Brandon Cooks. People are all over Brandon Cooks. And the upside with Jimmy Graham gone, he's clearly the number one option there. He's only 21 years old, Brandon Cooks. So, so, Doug, there is some validity to that. If you see that run of wide receivers, go like that mock I did on Sirius a a month ago. Eddie Lacy slides to the end of the first. Mm -hmm. C.J. Anderson, uh, regardless of what his ADP currently is, when uh, you know sitting at one eleven, a running back like a C.J. Anderson or a Demarco Murray or Jeremy Hill or Lashawn McCoy, you could be sitting there at the very end of the second round Mm -hmm. and gobble up one of these guys as people trip over themselves sure. because they're afraid of losing out on that top-level wide receiver. Yeah, you know, and with Forte, and you know I'm big on this, his playoff schedule. Let me hear it. Uh, it's about what, week 13 is when it starts? Mm-hmm. His, his first playoff game is against a minus Alden Smith San Francisco 49ers. That's not bad. Next, he has Washington, the Minnesota, and his fantasy final game is against Tampa Bay. That's 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 assuming the defense plays as the projections state. Mm-hmm. That's not terrible. It's not bad at all. It's not terrible. That, that, that's 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 four. I don't want to say easy because you never know. You never know. But that's a very desirable. Schedule. Do you let me ask you this though? Okay. Do you worry that far ahead, or do you just draft the best team and get me to the show, and I'll worry about those matchups when I get there? You know what I do. Um, I remember back in the heyday, I lost in a final. I had 
Marion Barber. No, not not a final. It was a semifinal. Marion Barber. Yeah, he was and, a stud there for two or three weeks. He was <laughs> he he was a monster. Mm-hmm. He was you know one of those. I got, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I got to tell everybody who's listening this <laughs> Argentinian beer that you brought to the studio tonight, Douglas. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm on my second one, which is probably two more than I normally have when doing right. a show. What's the name of this? Killmace. Killmace with a, a Q U. Fabulous. It's good stuff. <laughs> anyway, good plug. Well, real quick, I was on tour in South America, uh, Argentina. With your rugby team, not not with uh, a boy band. Yeah, it was uh, my rugby team and some uh, Playboy models. Yeah, and I'm seven feet tall. But anyway, well, Argentina in Buenos Aires, that's all we drank was Kilmer's beer. It's phenomenal. It is a tasty beverage, I must say. So back to our. our so so you would lean on playoff matchup as a. I I I I'm. Is it safe for me to say that it's not a a overriding factor, but. If you're splitting hairs, it could be the final factor in making a pick. Splitting hairs, definitely. Back to my Marion Barber reference. Yes. Um, I was doing well. In, I, don't even, I don't, can't remember which league it was, who I was playing. I was doing real well. Um, and I could just see the gas tank running out on Barber. Weeks like eight, nine, <laughs> ten. He would, you know, he would get you 50 yards and a touchdown. Didn't get you... 75 yards, a touchdown, he pulled his hammy. Do you remember when he pulled his mm-hmm. hammy, like, jumping into the end zone that one week? And, and you know, and I, I got to the playoffs, and I was like, wow, my team is depleted. They're done. I, I, I could see the matchups. They ran out of gas. The matchups were horrible for me at that point. So splitting hairs, definitely. Overall, it depends. It really depends. Um, as far as Forte... Having him in that little stretch at the end, it, uh, you know, again, it's the NFL. If he's there, that's a great running back to have for the playoffs. Hmm. It's just something to consider. Valid, valid. All right, Doug, let's look a little further down now, right. the wide receiver depth chart, because there is tons of talent there. Uh, and keep in mind, we, we stick with the PPR format here, and we'll talk a little bit before we sign off about uh, different draft strategies with standard and PPR leagues. But, um, you know, when you go down a little bit further, there's some talent there in some lower tiers. You know, guys like Julian Edelman, uh, Keenan Allen, who was Offensive Rookie of the Year two years ago, disappointment last season. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, who said nothing could stop him until he ran into a blocking sled, that is. Uh, Martavis Bryant, an up-and-comer. Brandon Marshall, an old veteran, new offense. I still think he has things to prove now. I, I, I kind of like him. Uh, you know, some of the uh, um, eagle-wide receivers, Jordan Matthews. Do you have faith in Jordan Matthews? Are you concerned that the Eagles took a another wide receiver in the first round, Nelson Aguilar, out of USC? These are just some guys who are, are, are interesting picks and could be solid wide receiver twos with the potential to go up to a wide receiver one. Um, let's start, though, with Brandon Marshall of the Jets. 31 years old, he's coming off his worst season since his rookie year. Last season for the Bears, 2014, he only played in 13 games. The first time he was under 1,000 yards receiving since he was a rookie. Mm -hmm. He finished with 721 yards. He did still finish as poorly as some people say he played. 61 catches, 721 yards. He still finished with eight touchdowns in 13 games. 
he still gets in the end zone. Mind you, two of those were in his first game where he was scratched until about 12.30 for a 1 o'clock game. I sat him. So let's say you take away those two touchdowns. That's six touchdowns. That was pretty. It's still six touchdowns in 12 games. It's a touchdown every other game. That's true. He only played 13. So so here's a guy. uh, uh, We know Geno Smith is not your ideal situation at quarterback. Correct. At the same time, Geno Smith has never had the weapons he now has with the Jets. Last year, Eric Decker was miscast as a number one wide receiver. He's now more suited for his number two. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Curley, who was slotted as a wide receiver two, now fits better in the slot. Brandon Marshall's a go-to guy. Jason Morrow, second year as a tight end. Pretty good offensive line. A plethora of mediocre running backs that they could platoon and get. You know, Chris Ivory, for all his warts, does average four yards per carry in his entire career. So He gets no love. No love. Four yards a carry, Chris Ivory. Four yards every time he touches the ball. Think about it, folks. But anyway, I have no problem with Brandon Marshall drafting him as my wide receiver three. He's currently going in a 12-team PPR, 25th overall wide receiver. That puts him just out of the top, you know, top 24, which is your your wide receiver ones and twos. Mm Mm-hmm. Fifth round, sixth pick in the fifth round on average. Going after, after Maltavis Bryant, Jarvis Landry, Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, to name a few. I can't, I can't, I can't take a Raider rookie before Brandon Marshall. I can't take an unknown like Maltavis Bryant for as nice as he was last year in spurts. He's still the second wide receiver in Pittsburgh, but really the third when you consider Le'Veon Bell and then and then Antonio Brown. Keenan Allen of the Chargers, terrific rookie year, so-so last year. Not, to me, not enough love for Brandon Marshall right now. Do you want, would you rather have Edelman or Marshall? Edelman. I want Marshall. Edelman's going the fifth pick in the fourth round. He's a 19th. So he's the top, according to the ADP here, he's a top 20 wide receiver. He's Julian a, Edelman... He's a full round ahead of Marshall. Julian Edelman, two years ago, 105 receptions. Last season, 92 receptions. 92 receptions last year. He didn't even crack 1,000 yards last year. Mm-hmm. Okay? The year before that, he just cracked 1,000 with 1,056. In two years, in two years, he has 10 receiving touchdowns. 10 receiving touchdowns. In those same two years... Brandon Marshall has 20. And Brandon Marshall had a bad year last year with only eight. Mm-hmm. Brandon Marshall's going to put the ball in the end zone eight to ten times for the Jets. Well, like, uh, okay. But look at the quarterback now. Jay Cutler's a bigger head case than Geno Smith, I could argue. Whew. Am I right? Well, he is in the league. The TV show, he and his wife. <laughs> you got to respect September that. September ninth, I believe it comes back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he's more talented than Geno Smith. Not even close. Has Geno Smith gotten a fair shake? Yeah. Does he deserve one? This is the Jets, and the dysfunctional Rex Ryan Jets of the past is gone. That that that's a very legitimate point. That's true. 
They've added offensive pieces. Listen, is Geno Smith going to the Pro Bowl? Is he going to the Hall of Fame? No. Is he going to throw 20 touchdowns this year? Uh, I, don't 20. Think, I don't think 20 is outrageous to, claim, to think. Okay. If he plays the full season. Okay. And if he doesn't, Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in. And for all his warts, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he'll get intercepted three times, but he'll throw three touchdowns and 300 yards. And now the problem is, well, the thing is, they've always said about, or at least I've always said about Julian Edelman, is that he is a poor man's Wes Welker. Wes Welker got in the end zone. Julian Edelman doesn't. Yeah, well, is this the year he makes that next step? I don't think so. Okay. Brandon LaFell will get in the end zone more than Julian Edelman. Rob Gronkowski, sure as heck, will get in the end zone more than Julian Edelman. If they're inside the three-yard line, they'll pound it with LeGarrette Blount. Mm-hmm. So they have James White, Jonas Gray. So you're saying he's probably going to remain a poor man's Wes Welker. And I love give me give me 90 catches and a, and a thousand yards from Julian Edelman. I'll lock it up. I'm not expecting more than five touchdowns. Brandon Marshall stays on the field. He's going to give me ten, give or take one or two. I think that you win this argument. Did that hurt when that came out? A little bit. <laughs> A little bit, but you know, I mean, I, I try to be honest. I think. All right, Doug. Way. We have a question in the chat room. Mm-hmm. Same listener, uh, Evolution Theory. I'm abbreviating their name. He asks our opinion on Michael Crabtree. He's gone to Oakland now. Left San Francisco. I don't mind Derek Carr as a quarterback. Second year guy, ton of upside. Right. Uh, he doesn't think he's good. I'm just going to read the question. I don't think he's going until after the eighth round. He could have a bounce-back season being a top-two target in Oakland. And that's where he's really being cast. You know, everybody's treating Amari Cooper as the number one guy there in Oakland. Oakland, for the first time in a while, actually may have a running game. Latavius Murray is there. If anybody has read my blogs on draftvalet.com, one of the other running backs I've talked about this year with late-round value is their free agent signing, Roy Helu. Mm-hmm. He's a terrific PPR guy. He's going to be on the field on third down, giving Carr another target. And then you've got Michael Crabtree, who there's no denying has been a disappointment. Uh, 12-team PPR leagues, just to be precise, Michael Crabtree, as I'm looking for him, is currently going, on using fantasyfootballcalculator.com, Michael Crabtree, Doug, is currently going as the 57th running back. The seventh wide receiver. wide receiver, I'm sorry, 57th wide receiver, the seventh pick of the 12th round, 12, 24, 36, 48, he is going as a low-end wide receiver for high-end wide receiver five, going after, after Percy Harvin, who was a bust with the Jets. He's now in Buffalo. He's going to bust there as well. Don't touch him. Don't even Stevie touch him. Johnson, who's now with the Chargers as their third receiver. Without Gates for four weeks. Remember that? Uh, they still have Keenan Allen and Malcolm Floyd and a returning Danny Woodhead, who's going to benefit the most from Gates' absence, in my opinion. Yes, he will. Cody Latimer, who's battling for the third spot in Denver's, the wide receiver three spot in Denver. Then you have Crabtree. Seventh pick, 12th round. 57th overall wide receiver. Doug, that even seems late for me. This is a guy who 2012 had 1,100 yards, nine touchdowns. 
Then he tore the Achilles. 2013 was a lost season. Last season, his first season back from the Achilles injury, did play all 16 games, 108 targets, 68 receptions, just under 700 yards, put the ball in the end zone four times. Some may say he might be in a more functional offense now than he was in San Francisco um, when he was with, with Colin Kaepernick. The Raiders might actually have more balance than the, the 49ers do. So this may be a an outlandish comparison, but is Crabtree going to be the Randy Moss of Oakland or the Randy Moss of New England? Massive difference. I mean, he's not the talent's not the same. Yeah, but is he going to be? Is he going to fall into the hole of Oakland, or is he going to have a chip on his shoulder and overachieve? That's a tough question. Great, great question, by the way. Absolutely. Great now imagine yourself designing a defense to, to stop the Raiders, right? Mm-hmm. Who's the first player you want to shut down there? It's not Crabtree. No. It's it, probably Murray. It's Murray or Cooper. Thank you. So can you so so so, so is, what you is just said gonna, is he going to be the Victor Cruz? While Amari Cooper is the Hakeem Nicks. Very possible. In the 12th round, like he's going, if Michael Crabtree can give you 70 catches, 900 yards, and six touchdowns, six touchdowns mm-hmm. as their second, second wide receiver, maybe their third option on offense, now, I'm not saying he's going to be a starter week one. He's not. You're going to draft him as a low-end wide receiver three, a, a wide receiver four, a bi-week replacement, potential for upside. I love it there. I love it there. 12th round, no-brainer. I'm willing to go as high as the ninth or 10th round on Michael Crabtree. And remember this. You know that he's burned a lot of people. So... A lot of people who have owned him in the past don't want him again. Yeah. You know, once bitten, twice shy, they don't want him. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I can see him going even later. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious. See, he's another one of those guys. Like we talked about Victor Cruz, who we want to see playing in mm-hmm. the in the preseason, right? The Achilles injury, 2013, he clearly lost a couple of steps last season. Doesn't have the speed he once had. Another year removed from that Achilles surgery, has any of that speed returned? Okay, has any of that speed returned? Uh, if it has, he can have a big factor. Uh, evolution Theory brings up great point, Doug. He's been bitten by Crabtree as well. And it's funny and to go along with that. We've all been there. There are certain guys we 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 cross off our draft board because he's screwed us in the past. And to be to be, I, I want to be completely honest here. Brandon Marshall was that guy for me. He got you, huh? He got me hard. Look, but look at this though. Crab- who would who would you rather have coming off the injury the, the the injuries? Victor Cruz or Michael Crabtree? I personally would go Victor Cruz. I mean, I'm a Giants fan, so I would take Cruz. But even even without the heart and with the head, I would take Cruz. Yeah, because remember we saw two clips of him in practice, 
to, and he could cut without, without pads. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but honestly, you have Crabtree at fifty-seven. Look who they had there: Percy Harvin. No, no, no. Brian Quick. Nope. No. Stevie Johnson. I can see it. I can't. Marvin Jones of the Bengals. No. Nope. Latimer. Oh, he's interesting. It. Yeah. But even go. Oh, let's go into earlier rounds, right? Uh huh. Look at round. That's round eleven players, right? You know what, Michael Floyd? No. He let you down. Well, he did, but plus he's now he was obviously envious of uh, JPP with his missing finger, and now he's broke three of his fingers. Yes, he did. He out, he's out injured. You know, I mean, I look. You know, there's some some younger guys who I'd be willing to take a flyer on early, or earlier, like a Devontae Parker of Miami. Rashad Perryman of Baltimore, I like a lot. These are a couple of rookies I like. But Marquise Colston, I don't know. I, I I'll take Crabtree before Marquise Colston. Well, what's the guy I think? Devontae Colston? Adams of the Packers. Michael Crabtree. He's, he's a third. He's a third receiver. I get it. It's Green Bay. I and, get it. And he's talented, but he's the third guy with two guys ahead of him plus that Lacey. A, right, and those two guys ahead of him are. All league-wide receivers. Plus Aaron Rodgers is going to run for 504 yeah. yards. What about Larry Fitzgerald this year, Doug? You know, he's now come on now three years in a row under 1,000 yards. Two of those last three years, he's under 800 yards. Um, Can I cut you off? Absolutely. Anquan Bolden? Yes. Or Crabtree? Bolden. Bolden? He doesn't age. You know what? That's true. He doesn't age. Brashard Perryman. I want him. I do. I'm all in on Perryman in Baltimore. Steve Smith is on the downside. He's announced his retirement at the end of the year today. Um, uh, uh, Justin Fossett is the running back. They have a rookie tight end to go along with Perryman. Perryman, younger, faster, better version of Torrey Smith. Uh, Flacco, if one, there's one thing Joe Flacco can do, it's throw a deep pass. Beautiful pass. Perryman He's going to have a couple of games where he's going to disappear, but he's going to have other games where he's going to give you a 70-yarder and five other catches, and you're going to be thrilled with him. Brashad Perryman, 45th wide receiver, 10th round overall, to me is a must-draft. I'm all over him. I'm over him way before guys ahead of him like Brandon LaFell, Devontae Adams, Pierre Garçon. And that was nice, a little French. You like that little? Oh, I took good. French in high school, I, I, and I just realized at that moment that that's the reason why. We... <laughs> Going back to Larry Fitzgerald. Kevin White or Crabtree? Kevin White. Yeah, Kevin too, White. That was too easy. Okay, Larry Fitz. Larry Fitz, right? Three years in a row <clears throat> under 1,000 yards. Mm-hmm. Two of those three under 800 yards. In, 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 since 2012, 4, 10, and then two t- only two touchdowns last year. Mm-hmm. Only two 100-yard games last year. He's still only 32 years old. This isn't a wide receiver. Wide receivers play until they're 35, 36, effectively in many cases. Carson Palmer is healthy for how long this season? Who knows? Okay. Larry Fitzgerald, he is sitting at 37th overall. That puts him in wide receiver four category. 12 to 4, 36. 36 closes out your wide receiver threes. 37 is your wide receiver four, fourth pick in the eighth round. Going after, after Steve Smith of the Ravens. Mike Wallace of Minnesota. Charles Johnson of Minnesota. Nelson Agola, the rookie out of USC with Philadelphia. Vincent Jackson, Doug, he's going after Victor Cruz. Jeremy Macklin, who's now in Kansas City, not Philadelphia anymore, ladies and gentlemen. Kansas City, Alex Smith, and 5,000 handoffs. 
Kansas City. He he's he's not even on. I, I don't even see his name on the ADP. Macklin, I will not touch him. Will not touch him. See, I don't believe that. I will never say that. Okay. Because you won't touch him where he's going. But if he's sitting there in the tenth round, you'll smack him up, flip him, and rub him down. Oh no, Macklin's being drafted. Okay, tenth round. I'm taking Perryman over Macklin. Colston over Macklin. Maybe. I can't take Colson over Macklin. No way. No way. I know Alex Smith is is. I mean, he ruined Dwayne Bow, but uh, if Jeremy Macklin's my wide receiver three, I'm happy. Okay. Okay. He had a terrific year. <laughs> Different offense, though. I to, know. To, to be clear, he, he burned me, so I'm a little angry. When did he burn you? Two years ago, when he blew out his knee. Because last year he didn't burn you. Last year he was a godsend. Uh, you know, he, he's dead to me, so I can't, he may have been like 10 wow. years. I can't remember. That hurts. That hurts. Again, you're avoiding my Larry Fitzgerald question, though. Okay. All right. I, I think here's a point where you need, to, as, as a human being, you need to separate the Larry Fitz of old. Great player. He's a great person. He, he does great stuff. I met field. him once. Possibly the nicest guy I've ever met. Yeah, I, I've heard and his before. hands are so big, he was able to scratch my elbow when I shook his hand. Are they as big as his teeth? He's a big dude. Every, I, I'd, I would hate to have to shower next to him in the gym locker room. Let's just say that. My inferiority complex would just go through the roof. I'm, 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 I'm not going to touch that one. <laughs> but I hear you. I'm Irish. <laughs> Fitzgerald, is he Irish too? Probably, no, probably not. No. All right. Um... But but I'm, I'm serious though. I mean, he's a great person. You got to keep that out of the fantasy right. football realm. Look who's right behind him, John Brown. I'm grabbing him ahead of him. You're anyway. taking the other guy in Arizona. Definitely. Is John Brown the first wide receiver off your board in Arizona then? Easily. Easily. Um, he's jumped up because of uh, because of Floyd's injury. Floyd's injury. But even before that. I love John Brown this year. Love him. And I was going to say this at the end of the show, but just so you know, I don't know if he still is, but he, for a while he was living with Carson Palmer. Really? He was living with him. So, I mean, obviously these guys are working hard together. There's a connection, mm-hmm. you know, mental, physical, maybe sexual. I don't know. I don't want to put it out there. No, don't start rumors. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, I really like John Brown a lot this year. And he's ranked one spot Behind Fitzgerald, I'll take John Brown in a second. Interesting. Interesting. You know, Doug, there's, there's last season there was an unusual amount of rookie wide receivers who had huge impacts, right? Sammy Watkins, Mike Evans, Odell Beckham, Jordan Matthews, Benjamin. just to name a few. Kelvin Benjamin. Uh, this year now we have another group. And, you know, when you look at some of those names, we know Amari Cooper is going to be good. I think we kind of have a pretty good idea Kevin White in Chicago is going to be good as well. Uh, those guys are basically walking into starting jobs and, and are in a nice spot to succeed. But there are other rookie wide receivers. You have Devontae Parker now with the, Miami, the Dolphins. He's got a little foot injury. At some point, he'll be ready. You have Dev, Devin Funches going to the Carolina Panthers uh, out of Michigan. He's going to play alongside Kelvin Benjamin there. 
Where was he drafted? Out of Michigan, first-round pick. First-round pick. Okay. Uh, you know, Dorio Green-Beckham out of Missouri. Going to Tennessee, that scares me a little bit, though. you got the rookie quarterback there as well. An uncertain running game. That one makes me a little nervous. You know, but those are just a couple of well, the guys. Who's Philip ahead Dorsey. of him? I'm sorry to interrupt. Who's ahead of him? Uh, right? There's nothing there that, in that – I get your point. Green Beckham is probably the most talented receiver right there in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an uncertain offense, though, for me. At least Kelvin Benjamin – he walked into Carolina as the number one wide receiver, but he had Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. He, had a, he had a quarterback. For all his flaws, Cam Newton is a starting quarterback in sure. the NFL. Mariota we don't, we, is too uncertain. We still don't know enough about him. But they'll be chucking. They'll be throwing the ball deep a lot. Well, Mariota be tucking and running now, too. Well, okay, but my, my point is they'll be falling behind a lot. When he's down 17 nothing in the first quarter, are you tucking and run? Don't sell Tennessee's defense short. You know what? Okay, I won't. Their defense isn't that bad. Okay. It's clearly a rebuilding year in Tennessee. I mean, a second year in a rookie running back, a rookie quarterback, and a rookie wide receiver. Offensively, it's clear. You know, Delaney Walker is, is, you know, the only veteran of of substance on that offense Mm -hmm. right now at a skill position. Um, But of those second-tier guys, like for me personally, if somebody said, Anthony, of these guys, who's the one you want other than the Whites and the Amari Coopers? Uh, Nelson Aguilar of USC is probably the first of that other crop of rookie-wide receivers just because it's the Philadelphia offense. Sure. Uh, Joy playing opposite Jordan Matthews. I don't even think that's an issue. Devontae Parker, for me, is number two. He's got Tannenhill. He's got a slew of other wide receivers there, but he was a monster at Louisville. Uh, he runs a 4-4-5, 36-inch vertical leap. Guy's a beast. Even with the foot injury, if I could draft him and store him on the bench, he's a rookie I would want. Um, him and Brashad Perryman of Baltimore. Those are the two I want in that round nine, round 10, round 11 spot. Mm-hmm. Devontae Parker, 51st overall, fifth pick in the 11th round. Uh, Perryman, 10th round, 10.02, 45th overall. I'm high on both of those rookies. I think they give you great value uh, as the season goes on. Is there anybody else in your mindset? Have I nailed everybody you would look at? as far as a rookie-wide receiver goes? Or are you of the mindset, is a rookie, is a rookie, is a rookie, and I'm going to stay away? Well, you know, everyone, everyone has the, uh, the, the rose glasses on where they always say, well, uh, Randy Moss had a great year as a rookie. He did. You know? Well, Del uh, Beckham, just last year. Yeah. Last year's rookie-wide receiver class was unheard of. Yeah. Um, for, for me... When you get to the second tier of rookie wide receivers, I'm more likely to start at, at those rounds. I'm going with my fourth, fifth running back. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just they, they scare me. Would you rather have the veteran like a Larry Fitzgerald, who you hope to rebound, or the uncertainty of a rookie like uh, Green Beckham or a uh, or one of those guys? Okay, well let's take a look. Uh, Larry Fitz is ranked. Fourth pick in the eighth round. You have Brashard Perryman, second pick of the, of the tenth round. I would. I would rather have Perryman easily, easily because you know what? I mean, the guy's fast. Oh yeah, he's got talented. They're saying this. Uh, he's having a lot of dropsies right now. Mm-hmm. Which many rookies do. Yeah, and but they, they, I mean, they're saying it's all mental. Um, I would eat, and, but he, he's 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 not the main wide receiver. 
Steve Smith, Steve Smith is still the guy. Yeah. Forsett is a PPR back. I mean, but Perryman is set uh, 26th overall pick out of UCF. Uh, I mean, they didn't even wait. Mark Tressman, the former Bears coach, is the offensive coordinator there now. That's an offensive-friendly system, boy. Okay, I'm going to call right now. Perryman is going to have a game with two touchdowns, 10 receptions, 175 yards. And people are going to drool over him. If you have one on your bench... You're, you're going to kick it. yourself. Well, you know what? Uh, yes, but, but but you're not going to start him because he's a rookie. He'll have his, you know, five receptions for 49 yards. Mm-hmm. He'll get a touchdown here and there. He'll have a big game. Who knows when it happens? I mean, is he I'm, – I'm not, I'm not saying to, to draft him for trade bait, but he, people are going to want him. People are going to drool over him eventually, I think, this year. Interesting. Interesting. Doug – I didn't even realize what time it is. We're just about out of time. Wow. I have one last question for you, and then we're going to wrap up tonight. Well, two. Right. I'm going to go two questions. I'm going to keep you here a while. All right. Are there any wide receivers in your mind flying under the radar? And we've dipped as low as the 10th round in some drafts, and I know we didn't cover everybody. Mm-hmm. But am I missing somebody? Is there a sleeper out there that is on your radar that – you think by the end of the season is at the very least a solid wide receiver three or flex play that uh, that people could get late? Well, okay, what do you define as a sleeper? What round is a sleeper? 10, 15? <sighs> now, I'm saying it because a guy... Kenny I... Stills in Miami currently going at 13.06. Okay. Uh, Jarvis Landry is there. Kenny Stills, though, can go deep. He can have impact. Ruben Randall at 1308, mm-hmm. just under 1,000 yards last year. He'll play on the outside across from Beckham with, uh, with Victor Cruz in the middle. And let's say Cruz doesn't bounce back quite as well. Maybe, maybe he doesn't start the season. Maybe he doesn't play for the first two or three games. Mm-hmm. Those are just a couple of guys that I look at and go, there's some value there. Michael Crabtree, we talked about him earlier. Right. Cody Latimer, I'm all over Cody Latimer. I want Cody Latimer in as many teams as I could get him. Here's some guys that I've liked, but as it always goes preseason, they've creeped up. Mm-hmm. They've gone from rounds roughly 12, 10 to 6. Allen Robinson. Jacksonville, second-year guy. Yeah. Um, he got hurt, hurt his foot. He was having a terrific year last year before he got hurt. He played about, about 10 games, I think it was. Penn State kid. He's now going in 12-team leagues, second pick in the sixth round. He was about the 10th round. Mm-hmm. Now, you know Jacksonville is going to be chucking the ball. They'll be behind a lot. Who are they going to throw to? I like Robinson. I like their other second-round pick from last year, too. Marquise Lee is still there. Um, Alan Hearns. They had three rookie-wide receivers there. Lee was hurt a lot. Lee... I'm not saying go out and draft him. But Lee is somebody I'm keeping an eye on. Um, he's got he's got upside. He was widely considered one of the top rookies in the draft last year, yeah. and <clears throat> pulled a hamstring, fell behind Robinson and Hearns. But but I I I still like Lee. And in this day and age, don't be afraid of a third option on an offense that's going to throw the ball. Not at all. Well, who's uh, wasn't. Uh... Wasn't Emmanuel Sanders his third option for a while? In, in Denver, in Denver, before Welker got knocked out cold. Yeah, yeah and, and look what he did. Yeah, yeah, Emmanuel and he Sanders. And even, even with, with, he was fourth. 
Which was Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're and, right. And and he won people. He won me a league. Yeah, he was know? terrific for me. I, I had him in a league where he was my third wide receiver, my flex play behind Jordy and Calvin, <clears throat> and I rode him until I could no longer keep Odell Beckham on the bench. Yeah, you know, I, you don't know this, but I'll tell you right now. A lot of times when I like a guy, and I say he's a sleeper, they often do well two years later. <laughs> For example, uh, Tannehill. Loved him last year. You're a year or two off. Yeah. Oh, and, and this year he's like ranked 11? Yeah, he's in the top 12. Yeah. He's, he's a top he's 12 quarterback. Yeah, they kind of right near each other yeah. in most in most spots where you see him. Uh, so I'm, I'm just saying to people, if I recommend a guy now... Draft him next year. <laughs> yeah, take him next year. Doug, one last question before we sign off, and we'll keep it as quick as we can. Okay. Does a standard league format affect your drafting of wide receiver that significantly? Absolutely. Absolutely. For example, uh, Antonio Brown. How far would he fall for you in a standard league? Standard league? End of the first round. End of the first round. Maybe, you know, maybe mid. I'll, I'll put it this way. I have no problem with somebody taking him the first pick in PPR. Absolutely. No problem. In standard? He's currently going sixth. Five, six, seven. Yeah. If I'm in the eighth spot and he's there in the standard league, I'm thrilled. Yeah. Current, the big difference right now, looking at ADPs in a standard league now, uh, the biggest drop is Odell Beckham leaves the first round and goes to the start of the second. LaShawn mm-hmm. McCoy enters the first round. Matt Forte and T.J. Anderson are currently moving up earlier in the first round. But then in the second round, Jeremy Hill, DeMarco Murray at the very beginning of the second. Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers are moving up into the second. Mm -hmm. Calvin Johnson, Jordy Nelson, A.J. Green, Randall Cobb moving. Alshon Jeffrey even moving to the third round. Um, So it's significant. Certain players in a a non-PPR format, in a standard format, to me, plummet significantly. I have less interest in Julian Edelman. I have significantly less interest in Jarvis Landry. The running back position, guys like Danny Woodhead, Shane Vereen, um, Roy Helu. I don't want to see C.J. Spiller plummet, plummet in value. Some even off the – to me, Danny Woodhead in a, in a standard league, I'm not even drafting. Mm-hmm. Not even drafting. Roy Helu, I'm not even drafting unless I'm handcuffing a Latavius Murray. Sure. So the, so the format is huge. In a PPR format, Doug, on the clock PPR format, is Antonio Brown your first selection? First pick of the draft. Standard? PPR. You're on the clock. Game time. Mock draft next week. You have the first pick. No. Is he your first wide receiver off the board? Easily. Easily. He, he caught like 123, 125. Something absurd. Yeah. Let's say he, he has a massive drop to 100. Yeah. <laughs> That's 25 less. And that's still a ridiculous year. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, by the way, the guy I was talking about, for you know, don't take him now, take him next year. Who? Cole Beasley. I like Beasley this year, too. Yeah. That third wide receiver, that slot guy in a PPR league, uh, no DeMarco Murray. I think two players benefit the most on the Cowboys without DeMarco Murray. <clears throat> Cole Beasley mm-hmm. and Jason Witten. Here's what's interesting. On the ADP, Terrence Williams is, I don't even know where, where, where he is. He, he's 49th wide receiver, 
12th pick of the 10th round. Cole Beasley, who I like a lot, he's not even there. Not even there. He'll go undrafted in most, most leagues. leagues. So if you're in a 14, 16 team league. You love him as your wide receiver forward with yeah. upside. He's a poor man's poor man's. You know where I used Cole Beasley a lot last year? FanDuel and daily games. Because Cole Beasley in those FanDuel leagues, we had to use three wide receivers. Mm-hmm. He was going for the minimum amount of money, and he was providing you numbers. I was huge on Cole Beasley on the daily leagues. And we will, ladies and gentlemen, cover the daily leagues um, as we get closer to the season. We're not ignoring your DraftKings, your FanDuel users. Uh, when we broadcast as the season goes on, we'll give you our FanDuel lineups and all of that great stuff. Uh, and your chance to win money will happily help you out with that. Listen, Doug, we're about 10 minutes past end time here. Uh-huh. Shows you how quick the time flies when we're talking football, and this has been a lot of fun. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening uh, live here tonight on Blog Talk Radio and for filling up the chat room. That was a lot of fun. We do appreciate the love. Also, if you listened on demand on Blog Talk Radio, I'm not a, or on iTunes, we appreciate it. And if you listen on iTunes, do us a favor, please. Subscribe download, uh, rate, and comment on the show. Uh, You're on the train headed to work. You get to listen to us. We do appreciate it. We'll be back next Monday night like we talked about. Follow us on Twitter at A-N-E-N-O Fantasy. That's A-A-N-I-A-N-O Fantasy. Follow the Facebook page, uh, the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. Make sure you check all of that great stuff out. We will be next Monday night, the same time, 10 o'clock Eastern Time, Doug and I will be here. We'll be on FantasyFootballCalculator.com. We will be conducting our first mock draft together of the season, starting at approximately 10, depending on how we can align that start time, probably a little bit after 10. We'll go through the intros, maybe 10.05, 10.10. We'll post the the draft room number and all the information, and uh, join us. It'll be fun. we'll, We'll laugh. We'll cry. It'll be an emotional experience as we talk about the draft. And then uh, the week after that, we'll get back to some positional rankings. We have more, to, plenty more to talk about as we head into the season. Um, don't forget, check out Roto Ball of Fantasy Sports Radio tomorrow night at, uh, at 10 Eastern, as I'll be joined by my co-host, Real Talk Raf. We talk fantasy football. Wednesday night, 9 Eastern, Raf and I again on Roto Ball Radio talking fantasy baseball. And tomorrow, I will be a guest on the Friends with Fantasy Benefits podcast from 9 to 9.30, talking fantasy football, wide receiver rankings with Justin Mason and the guys over at uh, friendswithfantasybenefits.com. So that'll be a lot of fun. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. For Douglas Dollar, I'm your Anthony Aniano. It's been a lot of fun. Doug, thank you, as always, for coming through. And we'll see everybody again next week. Have a good night, everyone. Mm-hmm.